Lord's house tonight. Would you stand, please? Let's turn to page 422. The song the ladies have been playing, A Hill Called Mount Calvary. If you believe in that hill, say amen tonight. Praise the Lord. Let's sing it out together tonight. Wonderful song to begin our service. Page 422. Page 422. We'll sing all three verses as we begin tonight. There are things as we travel this earth-shifting sand that transcend all the reason of man. But the things that matter say amen tonight. Praise the Lord. Great start. Mercy, that was good tonight. Amen. I'm still glad God is in control. Amen. And uh, what a reminder in all of this chaos and, and craziness who's still on the throne. Amen. Well, sure glad you're here uh, tonight. Trust you had a restful uh, afternoon. I went into a aller- allergy coma, I guess. Amen. Natalie was trying to give me NyQuil. I'm like, woman, I can't take that kind of stuff, man. You got to relax now. But tonight, amen. Amen. I'm sure thankful for the day uh, today, this morning, and good to have one join with us this morning. That was a real blessing. Looking forward to uh, tonight as we get back into the Kings and the Prophets. I'm going to ask Brother Chuck Bellis back there if you'd open us in a word of prayer, brother. 
Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, tonight? Just wanted to mention a couple of things coming up uh, this week. Of course, uh, this coming uh, Friday, if you have kids in Faith Baptist School, there will be uh, the softball and kickball games. I believe this is the final games, isn't it? And it'll be at 5 o'clock uh, in the evening. And, of course, as we're getting closer to the time change, it uh, gets darker a little bit earlier, and so we are going to start uh, earlier. And so, again, that'll be at 5 o'clock uh, in the evening uh, this coming uh, Friday night. I uh, want, want to invite you to come out and be a part of that. And then, of course, uh, Saturday we do have our churchwide uh, outreach, and that'll be at 1030 in the morning over in the Fellowship Hall. And we are getting ready uh, for our fall revival with Brother Dean Herring. Uh, October the 8th through the 13th, and so we are going to be doing some canvassing and things like that. And then, of course, wanted to remind you we are fasting and praying, and so every week we've just been picking out something maybe to uh, deny ourselves and certainly to pray for the revival meeting. And so this week, starting today, is meals. And so uh, just through the week this week, if you want to maybe pick a, a meal to maybe skip and fast and pray, over uh, the revival meeting, if you want to take a day and maybe just take a day and fast and, and pray, that's fine, however you want to do it. Again, I do want to remind our folks that if you do have health issues and things like that, certainly uh, don't, you know, don't put yourself in the hospital praying for the revival meeting, all right? We got enough going on right now, all right? Uh, so just make sure that you're aware of that, and the Lord knows those things. Just do your very best and fast and, and pray for the meeting. Pray for Brother Dean Herring. Sure, looking forward to having him. Uh, here uh, with us. And also, lastly, wanted to mention uh, Miss Carolyn Moore uh, went home to be with the Lord uh, this past uh, Thursday morning, early around 2 o'clock in the morning. And so we are going to be having a memorial service for her, and that'll be at, at this coming Saturday as well. And that'll be at 2 o'clock in the afternoon here uh, at the church. And so I want to invite you to be a part of that as well. Okay, Brother Eric, come on ahead tonight. Turn to page 231. I'll let you remain seated for this song. But page 231, we are going to sing all verses. Christ receiveth sinful men. Aren't you thankful he received sinful men? Amen. Let's sing it out together tonight. Page 231. Sinners, Jesus will receive. Sound this word of grace to all. Christ receiveth sinful man, 
Make the message clear and plain. Christ receiveth sinful men. Christ receiveth sinful men. Even me with all my sin. Words from every spot and stain. Heaven with him I enter in. Sing it o'er and o'er again. Christ receiveth sinful men. Make the message clear and plain. Christ receiveth sinful men. Amen. I'm so thankful that he does. Where would we be? If he did not, amen. Been a great day in the Lord's house today. But as for the Isaac Gutierrez, would you pray for the offerings tonight, please? Amen. Stand one last time together. Let's turn to page 348. Page 348. We'll sing all three verses tonight. As the deer, page 348. Let's sing it out together on the first verse now. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. Alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship Thee. You alone are my strength, my shield. To You alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship Thee. You're my friend and You are my brother even though You are a King. I love You more than any other, so much more than any my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship Thee. I want You more than gold or silver, only You can satisfy. You alone are the real joy giver and the apple of my eye. You alone are my strength, my shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. You alone 
my heart's desire and I long to worship Thee. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Just before pastor comes to bring the message tonight, we'll have a special from the Wisdom family, and it'll be a blessing to you. tonight. Amen. Good stuff tonight. Well, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel tonight and chapter number 2. And if you're able, I want to invite you to stand in honor uh, of the Word of God uh, tonight, 1 Samuel chapter number 2. Now, we know this. Uh, we've been studying or starting uh, what's called the kings and the prophets. We know that uh, the Bible takes us through uh, the history of of Israel coming out of uh, Egypt uh, and, and, and getting settled uh, into the land. Uh, of course, we went through the life of Joshua and the conquering of Canaan, but we also know this, that following that begins what is called a, the time of the judges. Of course, covers the book 
of Judges, and then it begins to transition into what is called the kings and the prophets. Samuel being like John the Baptist that transitions us from the Old Testament to the New Testament, Samuel transitions us from the time of the judges and into the kings and the prophets. He's the last judge and the first prophet, amen? And, and certainly God's going to use him to anoint the first two kings of Israel, being Saul and David, all right? But we also know this, that the kings and the prophets really begins with Hannah, all right? The mother of Samuel. And so we've been looking at uh, quite extensively in that. We know this, that Hannah prayed and asked for God to give her a child as she was certainly in a difficult situation with her husband, Elkanah, and then uh, his other wife, Penina, uh, who was uh, basically her adversary because of this. And God answered her prayer and gave her Samuel. But we also know this, Hannah said, if you'll give me a son, I will turn around and give him back to you. And guess what? She kept her commitment. And she took Samuel to the tabernacle. And be a fact, we saw last week where Hannah rejoiced in the Lord as she prayed and praised the Lord. And uh, we were reminded that we need to take time to praise God and thank God as He answers prayer and helps us. And so tonight we begin in verse number 12. Because what happens now is this. The Bible begins to, to transition, to focus on uh, the life more extensively of Samuel. And so notice in verse number 12. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. Now what a statement to start out with in this next paragraph. It goes on and says this. It begins to explain their actions. It says, and the priest, and the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servant came while the flesh was seething with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand, and he struck it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. All that the flesh hook brought up, the priest took for himself. So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. Also, before they burnt the fat, the priest's servant came and said to the man that sacrificed, Give flesh to roast for the priest, for he will not have sodden flesh of thee, but raw. And if any man said unto him, Let them not fail to burn the fat presently, and then take as much as thy soul desireth, then he would answer him, Nay, but thou shalt give it me now, and if not, I will take it by force. That's pretty dangerous. Notice in verse 17, Wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord. For, for men, listen to this, For men abhorred the offering of the Lord. When you influence people into hating the worship of God, you are on dangerous ground. All right? So, so now, now watch this. Now watch, look at verse number 18, and, and then we'll finish up here. Because notice there's, there, there's a contrast here. All right? So, so you have the sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. But look at verse number eight or 18. Excuse me. But Samuel ministered before the Lord 
being a child girded with linen ephod, moreover his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife and said, The Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan which is lent to the coat, or lent, lent to the Lord, excuse me. And they went unto their own home, and the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters, and the child Samuel grew before the Lord. So what you and I need to understand tonight is that really what's about to take place over the next several chapters is this, is that, is that there's going to be a transition from spiritual leadership in Israel. It is going to go from Eli the priest to Samuel that's going to become the prophet. All right, now, now here's, here's the thing. One of the big reasons for that transition is because the sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were wicked men. But on the other side of that, Eli is going to serve Jehovah God. All right, so, so here's what I would say to you tonight, okay? So when you, when you see this contrast and you see Hophni and Phinehas, and, and what's been handed to them or given to them through their dad, Eli, the priest. And then you see Samuel and what's been given to him through Elkanah and Hannah and what we've been looking at. This is what I would say to you tonight. It matters what you do with your spiritual heritage. It matters what you do with it. And so the question then becomes tonight this. What are you doing with what God's given you? What are you doing with your spiritual heritage? You're, you're saved tonight. You have a spiritual heritage. You're a member of Faith Baptist Church tonight. I'd say to you this. Well, we, we've got a tremendous spiritual heritage. You're, you're a, you've got grandparents and parents in this church tonight. Raised you in the house of the Lord. You've you got, you got a tremendous heritage. But it's up to you whether you embrace it or not. And judging by the end results of what's going to happen with Samuel versus Hophni and Phineas, I would say to you tonight, it, it, ought to be, it ought to be us tonight that would say, you know what, I want to cherish mine and be grateful for it and receive it versus despising it tonight. Father, would you bless the preaching now in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you be seated uh, tonight? <clears throat> I have... Uh, had had several occasions and, and times throughout my ministry where I have uh, dealt with uh, you know Christians and lost from all types of backgrounds and and situations and, and circumstances. I, I've had people actually say this to me. Well, it, it's 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 the environment that I was raised in. And and I don't I don't look I don't I don't I'm not trying to be ugly or anything like that tonight. But when you make claims and say statements like that, you really you have two things going against you. Number one is this: is that at one time man was in a perfect environment, and he still messed it up. If you don't know who that was, that was Adam in the Garden of Eden. All right, but but the other thing is this. Is that I have all I have also seen where, where where there has been multiple children in, in a good environment in a good godly environment, 
and yet, and yet there still be, uh, uh, you know, one or, or two or, or whatever the case may be, some would come out and be godly, but there would be others who would be very ungodly and, and those kind of things. Be, be a fact, even our text tonight uh, kind of, it kind of shows us that with, with, with Hophni and Phinehas under the, under the tutelage of Eli, the priest, their father, and certainly Samuel under, under the care of, of, of Elkanah and Hannah and then, or Hannah and then eventually put under the care of Eli, uh, the priest. And, and so here's what I would say to you tonight is this, is that it's really, it's not so much about the environment that we are raised in. It's far more about the choices that we make in our personal lives. And, 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 and you can choose to embrace the heritage that's been handed to you and the God of heaven and earth, or we can not do those things and then come out of that and be rebellious and wicked and evil and want to shift the blame to everything else under the sun versus taking responsibility. And that includes the environments that we've been brought up in. Hopefully that came out very, very clear. I'm, I'm doing some of these things tonight and taking allergy medicines. I didn't take NyQuil, but I do want to, you know, just make sure that, you know, things come out clear and you go, that did, did, didn't make any sense at all. And to which I would say, well, that's drugs, amen. So it's, it's not to say that environments play a part. We, we understand that. They most certainly uh, do. We, we've already noted the spiritual heritage of, of Samuel by seeing the character of Hannah. We, we saw her as she prayed and asked God to give her a son, and, and God uh, answered. We also saw her faithfulness to keep the commitment that she made to the Lord to give her son back to God, to serve Him, d- despite how difficult that was. I, I don't know about you, but, but I cannot imagine taking the child that I was so desperate to get from God and then turning around as a small child and leaving him at the tabernacle to serve under the care of, of other men. And I just, that, that is tremendously difficult, but yet she'd done those things and she even rejoiced in it. And what a powerful scene that is. Uh, all right? And, and so, but, but you understand the idea is to say this that Samuel had a very godly uh, heritage and upbringing. But, but on the other side of that, when you look at Hophni and Phinehas, uh, Eli was a passive father. Um, um, uh, in chapter number 3, as, as Samuel is going to be called of God, uh, the very first message that God gives him is basically judgment upon uh, the house of Eli for not listening to the things of God and not dealing with his own home. And be a fact, in 1 Samuel 13, or I'm sorry, 1 Samuel 3 and verse 13, notice what it says. This is what God says about Eli. It says, For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth. Now watch this. Because his sons made themselves vile, and he, now watch this, he restrained them not. You know what that means? That means this, he wouldn't tell them no. I got to, listen, I'm, as we're going to read on and see the wicked things that Hophni and Phinehas are doing, I've got to be honest with you, as a preacher and as a pastor, I, listen, if I, no, no matter how much I care about my kids, or my, especially I think about my son, but if I you know, notice that he was doing things that were ungodly and things like that, you better believe it's going to be dealt with. Eli never dealt with it. He never done those things. 
And, and so the idea here is this, is that the contrast between Eli and Hannah shows us that as parents, listen to this, we cannot be passive. Listen, if you, parents and grandparents, whatever the case may be, please listen to this tonight. We cannot be passive, especially when it comes to spiritual matters. We can't do that. If we want our children, listen, if we want our children to embrace the things of God, then we certainly must aid in that by taking the things of God seriously in front of them. You can't go, well, you know, I want you to serve God and I want you to be faithful and I want you to walk with God and I want you to live for God. Listen, you can't tell them to do that and then you're not doing it in your own life. The, 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 the mentality of do what I say and not as I do, that never works as a parent. In fact, what you begin to find is you look at Hophni and Phinehas and Eli and then you begin to look at Samuel and Elkanah and, and, and Hannah. What happens is this is your children begin to manifest what you're doing in your personal life, and oftentimes it's tenfold. Where Hannah was sold out and committed and rejoicing and serving God, guess what Samuel did? He did all of that and so much more in his life. But where Eli was passive and careless with the things of God and lazy and undisciplined, and the Bible's going to say later on that he was fat and all of those things. Listen, Hophni and Phinehas was tenfold more than that in the things of God. That's pretty scary, isn't it? I, I just, listen, I'm just telling you tonight, but at the same time, you, you also need to understand this. Now watch this, grandparents and parents. Listen to this. You can do everything you can as a parent, but your kids can still reject the Lord. And in fact, if you don't believe that, then look at Samuel as a father later on. Go with me to 1 Samuel chapter number 8 and look at this. So by the time we get to chapter number 8, Samuel's now the prophet. Israel is deciding they want to be like everybody else and have a king. But one of the big reasons as, to, as for their decision was because there really wasn't any spiritual leadership uh, that was on the scene following Samuel. Look at verse number 1 of chapter 8. It says, And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of the firstborn was Joel, and the name of the second, Abiah. They were judges in Beersheba. But look at verse number 3. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after, fil after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. The reality is, you can do everything you can as a, child, as, a man, as a person, or as a parent rather, but your kids can still choose to reject the things of God. That's just the reality. But I would say to you this, listen, that, that's not, that, that's not a, a reason for you and I to throw in the towel and just do whatever we want to do, because I would say to you this, we, we increase our chances greatly as parents. By being obedient and active in the things of God. But ultimately, man is a free moral agent to make his or her own choices. And because man has that choice, environment can't be the, made the scapegoat when we begin to face the consequences of our choices. You, you understand what I'm saying? 
We, we can't go, well, it's the environment. No, we must take the blame. We, we must, because really it comes down to what we did with what was given to us. And, and that's, that's the bottom line. All right? And so that's the idea when you look at our text tonight, back in chapter number 2, is that regardless of the character of Eli and the spiritual struggles that he had in his life, or the great character of Hannah and, and, and Elkanah and, and how they trusted in God to supply them with Samuel, regardless of those things, listen, Samuel still saw the character of Eli, and Hophni and Phinehas saw the character of Hannah. They were well aware of those things, and both groups had to make a personal choice as to whether or not they were going to serve God or not. And Hophni and Phinehas chose very poorly, but Samuel would go on to serve the Lord. Now, the other thing that we got to be clear on tonight is this, and that's the application of this passage, because we realize this is the Old Testament, this is the tabernacle, the, the, the tent that's still set up as the people of God have come out of the land of Egypt and, and here in, in Shiloh, and you and I are in the New Testament and, and, and we're certainly a, a church that God has called and all of those things. So what would be the application to us tonight? Well, obviously it would be this. Second and third and so on generation Christians, that would be the main application, wouldn't it? Come on, the, the kids being raised in this church tonight. Young people, you need to listen to this. The kids being raised in this church tonight. Those who've had Christian parents. Listen, You've been blessed to be in an environment where you heard the gospel and you've been given things from God's Word that most people may never hear in a lifetime. And so you have the responsibility tonight to embrace your heritage. What's been given to you? To, to Watch this. To make their God your God. To, to, to make their doctrine your doctrine. Well, what they believe, you, you, you believe. You, you understand? Listen, it's not good enough to say, well, this is what my dad believes. This is what my mom believes. This is what my grandpa believes. This is what my pastor believes. No, what do you believe tonight? What do you believe tonight? And you're going to have to decide that. And you're going to have to choose. Listen, you're going to have to choose those things. And I'm, I'm just telling you, friend, listen, listen. It's, you're going to have to choose those things. But I would also say this tonight. If you are saved, listen, this applies to you as well. Because regardless of, of being a first-generation believer, you, you, have, you have a spiritual heritage that's been handed to you in Jesus Christ. Well, you, you do. And you, listen, you owe it. You owe it to the future generations, whether that be the kids that God allows you to have in your life or even the young people that are around you in this church you owe it to them to be a godly example of someone who has embraced the gospel of Jesus Christ and the things of God from His Word and to live it out in your life. You, you, you owe it, friend, you owe it. But here's the other thing I would say to you tonight. There's definitely a church application because, oh my soul, we have a wonderful heritage as Faith Baptist Church. It, it would be foolish for us to become like Hophni and Phinehas, wouldn't it? And to walk away, to walk away from the things that's been handed to us for wickedness and worldliness. It would be utterly full. Rather, listen, we ought to embrace 
and realize the responsibility that's been given to us as a New Testament Baptist church in 2023. And we ought to embrace the, our heritage and our doctrine and we ought to keep standing on the things that the generations before us stood on. Listen, no, no, no. We, don't, we, we, we aren't who we are tonight because that's the way we've always done it. We are who we are tonight because the generation of old said, this is what the Bible says about our music, and this is what the Bible says about our dress, and this is what the Bible says about, about our services and preaching and doctrine and Christ and the gospel, and they stood on those things, and that's where we ought to stand. Just because it's 2023, well, preacher, don't you understand? The culture is changing, yeah, but Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Word of God has not changed, therefore we have no business changing. If anything, we have all the more responsibility to continue standing and shining the light. The world may become darker and darker, but that's all the more reason for us to shine brighter and brighter. Huh. So now that we kind of understand here that there's these choices that Samuel is making, Hophni and Phinehas is making, where, where we stand and how this applies to us, let me, let me just give you two things about our text tonight. Now, number one, I would say to you this, is that as you begin to look at verses 12 and all the way down through 17 and you see the... Uh, excuse me, you see the example of Hophni and Phinehas, I would say to you this, that's what wasting a heritage looks like. That's what wasting a... I hate wasting stuff. I really do. Especially things that are good. You know, I mentioned this morning in Sunday school class, we had Oreos in the refrigerator all week because we couldn't eat sweets. It was a terrible temptation, but they did not go to waste. Amen. Amen. I always, anytime I think about waste, I always think about when, we, when I was pastoring in Cassville, and a lot of times we'd drive over to Branson, Missouri for something and, you, you, know, entertain, you know, go to Steal Your Dollar City or, or whatever the case may be, and from, from Cassville to Branson is about 20 miles as the crow flies, but the bummer is the crow, crow can fly straight. You and I, you have to go through all the Ozark Mountains like this, and so it takes about an hour to get there. And one of the things is when you come in, you come in on Branson West Side, and when you do, you come down uh, Highway 76 right there, and every time we go by, we go by, we, we, uh, you can look over, and, and it's right before you start getting in close to Silver Dollar City, there, there's this area down here that's kind of in a valley off the side of the highway, and there's all these giant houses that have been built. And, and they built the foundation, and they built the walls and the roof and everything. They're mansions, and, and, and then that's it. They stopped. And it's been there for like 15 or 20 years. And what I, I actually read about it last night as I was studying this. It turns out that was supposed to be Indian River Resort, and it was supposed to be like a theme park and... A golf course, I'm highly disappointed in that. That really makes it even more of a waste. You didn't build a golf course. But it was supposed to be all of this, and a contractor went in there, and he started building all of these giant houses, these mansions, and what happened was he ended up getting into some financial trouble, and everything fell through, and he had to stop. And so it's just been sitting there going to waste. Listen, it's, it's a total waste. 
But what I, what, as you and I look at, at Hophni and Phinehas, in some ways we could say this, that's exactly what they were doing. They were wasting their spiritual heritage, but our text also reveals that, that they weren't, listen, they weren't just doing nothing with their heritage. They were absolutely blaspheming against it. In, in verse number 12, it says this, it, it, begin, it starts out like this. Now the sons of Eli, listen to this, they were sons of Belial. That, that's actually, all right, we, we, you know, we're going to eventually deal with Baal worship and all of that stuff and the false god of Baal and, and, and the wickedness that goes on there. But, but that's actually, that's literally what the word Belial means. It means this, wickedness. This is literally who these men were, is that they had so rejected their heritage and wasted it that now they, they are, I mean, it's, listen, they're, they're of a reprobate mind as they, are, as they are blaspheming and doing everything they can to let it be known to those around them that they have rejected the things of God. And, and so he calls them, he introduces them as the sons of Eli, but they weren't following after Eli, their father. They were actually following after Belial. That's who they were sons of. But notice the next thing here. Here's what it says. It says, now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. And this is, this is even more powerful. It says this, they knew not the Lord. You, you want to know what it looks like to waste your heritage? Here's one. You reject Christ as your Savior. Eli, li, listen, Hophni and Phinehas show us, please listen to this, that you can sit right under the man of God in the house of God and reject the gospel. That's pretty powerful. When I was pastoring in Cassville, Missouri, we had a family that was in our church. <clears throat> they had a teenage daughter that was in the youth group with our kids. Beautiful young lady, sweet, very kind. But rejecting the gospel. I can remember this. I vividly remember this. I remember standing in the pulpit, and we kind of had a, I don't know how you call it, uh, almost like a half of a horseshoe auditorium. It just kind of went around like this. We actually had like four sections. And they would always sit to my left, and I can remember this. They would sit over near the window, and I can remember looking over as I was preaching, and I would see her, and she would be sitting in the pew, and she would be looking out the window, and she would be almost like talking and telling herself things and laughing and things like that. It was like she was trying to be in her own little world and to escape listening to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it was, listen, it was heartbreaking to watch. And, and she grew up and went, went off to uh, college and, and moved away. She, she's still on my prayer list. A, a, a few months ago, we were actually at camp, and I was talking to Brother Don Vesey, who's the pastor there now, and I asked him, I said, you know, how's this family doing? He said, yep, they're doing good. They're still in church. And I said, have you ever met, and I mentioned her name, talking about their daughter, and he said, yeah. He said, 
And in and, and the time that I've been there, she's come back home several occasions and visited with, with her parents, but she only has come to church one time. Still rejecting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Folks, I'm, I'm telling you, that is, that is one of the most gut-wrenching things to, 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 to watch. You, listen, you want to waste your heritage tonight. It starts with rejecting Christ and how sad it is to sit in a church like this one and to hear the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, over and over and over again in the way that it's presented and all of those things, but yet turn away from it. That's a heartbreaking thing to watch. But here's the other thing. Not only did they reject Christ as their Savior, but they also began to ridicule the worship of God. I want you to go to Leviticus in chapter number 6 with me just quickly tonight. You can turn back there in your Bibles to Leviticus. And Leviticus is where you and I get the law, the instruction, and God begins to instruct Moses on how the people of God are supposed to worship Him, the order of of the sacrifices and things like that. In Leviticus chapter 6, it gives us some things here about the sacrifices and the offering. And I want you to notice this. Leviticus 6 in verse number 14. And the Bible says this, and this is the law of the meat offering. The sons of Aaron shall offer it before the Lord, before the altar, and he shall take of it, and he shall take of it his, now what's that word right there? Handful. Doesn't say anything about flesh hooks. Is everybody catching that? Doesn't say anything about, hopefully you know what a flesh hook is, you know, it's just, you ever been fishing and you know, you had to gig a fish to bring him in, or, or, or even, you know, gig, a, if you've been waiting and gigging, anyways, I don't have time for illustration like that, because then I'll start thinking about fishing, and I'll never finish this message. But hopefully you understand what that is. It's just a prong to shove in there and pull out uh, far more meat than what just a handful is. Is everybody getting that? So, so notice it says, they shall take of it his handful of the flour of the meat offering, and the oil thereof, and all the frankincense which is upon the meat offering, and shall burn it upon the, uh, upon the altar for a sweet savor, even the memorial of it unto the Lord. And the remainder, shall, uh, remainder thereof shall Aaron and of his sons eat. And with unleavened bread shall it be eaten in the holy place. In the court of the tabernacle of the congregation shall they eat it. So again, it kind of gives you some instructions there uh, about how to do the meat offering and to take a handful of it. And that's supposed to be... The remainder is supposed to be for the priest. And what it is, is is that they are trusting in in God to supply their need through the people of God. Everybody catching that? But that's not what Hophni and Phinehas were doing. So you go back to our text here very quickly. And in verse 13 it says, And the priest's custom, so this is what they were doing, with the people was that when any man offered a sacrifice... And the priest's servants came, all right, while the flesh was in seething with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand. And he struck it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot, all that the flesh hook brought up, uh, the priest took for himself. So they did it with a flesh hook. Now, you understand. Now, again, that's the idea of this, getting, getting more meat than a handful I mean, you can, you, can, you can probably maybe imagine in your mind's eye a pitchfork. Shoving that thing in, you, mercy, 
Pull out a whole slab of brisket. All right, but notice here, verse 15. Also before they burnt the fat, the priest's servants came and said to the man that sacrificed, Give flesh to roast for the priest, for he will not have sodden flesh of thee, but raw. Now here's something else. This, this also shows how they were getting more meat. It's because they took it before it was cooked. Now if, you, listen, you, if you've ever been involved in barbecuing and things like that, all right, you've done uh, maybe a, a, a pork shoulder or something like that to make pulled pork sandwiches or something, you know, they're, they're not going to do that. They're Jews. They're eating brisket, all right? But you understand, I, I, I know this from smoking a pork shoulder. When you get it up to where it's supposed to be, you get about 200, 215 degrees, and let it sit there for a while, and all that meat begins to shred and, and fall apart and, and stuff like that, and you reach in and get a handful, man, it just falls apart. But if you grab it before it's cooked, I could just carry off the whole thing with one hand. Do you, do you see what's going on here? That in there... How do, I, how do I say it? In their indulgence, they're taking, they're taking everything. They're taking a lot. They're, they're taking what belongs to Him. Be, be a fact, it even gets worse than that. Look at, look at verse number 16. It says, And if any man said unto him, let them not fail to burn the fat presently and then take as much as thy soul desire. Then he would answer him. So, so now this is the, he say, is saying this, that the people of God would try to say, wait, 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 wait. I want to offer this unto the Lord and then you can take what, what, whatever you want from that. So they're trying to compromise, but this is what they would say. They would say, nay, but thou shalt give it me now and if not, I will take it by force. No, you're going to give it to me now. And if you don't, I'll just take it from you. I'm thinking I'd bring something bigger than, than a three-pronged flesh hook to offer my sacrifice, what I'm thinking. We'll see who's going to take what in any way. But here's, look at verse number 17. Wherefore, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord. For men, listen to this, for men abhorred offering, the offering of the Lord. I want you to listen to this tonight. The worship of the Lord is a dangerous thing to mess with. Just ask Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, that offered strange fire. And God consumed them. It is going to cost Hophni and Phinehas as well. But what I'm trying to say to you tonight is this, is that this is a reflection of two men that in their heart, they have rejected the things of God. They have rejected their heritage. They have rejected their need to be saved and to have a relationship with the God of heaven and earth. And please get this. And as a result of that, they are now making a mockery of the worship of Almighty God. Please listen to me tonight. It is very dangerous when you and I begin to do that. You start doing things like that and you are... That, 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 is, that, that is fruit that you are not cherishing the spiritual heritage that's been handed to you. When you start, listen, when you start uh, neglecting your church attendance and, 
and just, you know, I don't, I don't want to be there tonight. And even when you are here, you're ignoring the preaching of God's Word. You're mocking those that respond and come to the altar to get things right with God. My friend, I'm telling you, when you get that attitude about the things of God, that is a sign that you are wasting the spiritual heritage that's been handed to you. And I listen, I, it, I, I, you know, there's a lot of things that I could hammer on tonight. I, I really would say this tonight. I don't think we really worship God like we're supposed to. I got to be honest with you. This, this is the thing that I am watching as a pastor right now is this, is that in our generation and even in America, we are so busy that when we finally have time to come to the house of God, we, we're, we are zoned out and we're just looking at our watches and thinking, when is this going to be over with? Listen, if you're trying to put God in your little box, you're in dangerous territory. But the other thing is this, is that we're in a culture right now that is training our attention span to be about as long as a gnat. And so if a guy can't preach in less than 15 minutes, he's lost our attention. And I'm saying to you, friend, we've got we've to recognize those things and, and get past those things and realize that when we gather together as the people of God, you're not the audience, God is. And I'm telling you, we worship God through our singing unto Him, through our giving unto Him, through listening to His Word and letting Him speak to our heart. And if need be, to respond to Him and come to an old-fashioned altar and get things right with Him. But when you begin to neglect those things and even to the point of outright mocking those things, my friend, you are in dangerous territory. That's what Hophni and Phinehas were doing. They had rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they had now gotten to the point where when it came to the worship of God, it was a joke. And they were outright blaspheming the things of God. And I sure hope that whether it be the adults in this room or the next generation of young people in this room, I sure hope tonight that that's not our spirit and that's not our attitude. I think about all those times we go to camp and, and, and when we go to youth camp and we get to senior camp and the preaching goes forth and our kids just sit there and never move and never respond. And then we got to go back to the cabins and give them the speech on, listen, you need to listen and you need to respond to God's word. And so the next night, one or two finally go to the altar and I'm thinking, listen, you, you guys need to understand, we should never get to a place where we have to give something like that to our young people. What do you think we're going to camp for? It's to hear the preaching of God's Word. It's to hear from God and to let God move and let God speak. Not to go in there and sit down and act like we're better than all the other churches that are there. And we don't need the altar and to get right with God because we're so pious and spiritual and holy. No! It's to humble ourselves and realize, oh man, I need God. I need help. Do I... Now, that's the bad news. And I'm so thankful that it gets to verse number 18, aren't you? Because it says, But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him year to year. And verse number 20, And Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife and said, The Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan which, the, which, 
which is lent to the Lord. And they went unto their own home. The Lord visited Hannah, and she conceived, bare three sons and two daughters. So Samuel had brothers and sisters. Glory, hallelujah. But what I would say to you is this, is that just as, as, as Hophni and Phinehas show us what it looks like when you waste your heritage, your spiritual heritage, Samuel shows us what it looks like when you preserve your heritage, when you embrace it and it becomes yours. Let, let me just give you a couple of things here. You know what, what, what it looks like when you embrace your heritage or at least some of those characteristics? Here's one of those things. Samuel cherished the care of his mother. Look at verse number 19 again. It talks about the little coat that she made him. I don't know why, but I always think of a little coat. It was a little bit bigger. I don't know. This is what I have in my mind. I, I, uh, I realize the Spirit of God, He's the author of the Scriptures. But did you know that the human author of Samuel is Samuel? So doesn't it now make sense that here he is contrasting and saying, this was Eli and what was going on with his sons and Hophni and Phinehas. But this is my life and where I started. And this is what my mama was doing for me. And I'm so thankful that every year she'd drop me off at the tabernacle to serve the Lord, but every year she'd come up and she'd bring me a little coat so I'd be warm through the winters here as I serve the Lord in Shiloh. You, you want to you demonstrate that you're embracing your spiritual heritage? Here, here's, here's how it starts. Won't you be thankful for it? Won't you, won't you be thankful for a mama and a daddy that's dragging you to church? I think if you're going to have a drug problem, that'd be the one to have. Why don't you be thankful for a grandma and a grandpa that stood on the things of God and still serving and, and living for God? You might get what I'm saying to you? Won't you be thankful for that heritage that's been handed to you instead of looking at it, instead of looking at it in such an ungodly and wicked light today? I'm so sick of that. I just can't believe my mom made me go to church and that Christian school and yin, 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 and I just want to grab them and slap them. In Jesus' name. It's so ungodly. And it's such a wicked spirit and a wicked heart. That's the sign of somebody rejecting the things of God and in rebellion. But you, you need to understand something. You're, well, well, my parents say, they did this. They, let, let me help you with this. Your mama and daddy ain't perfect. Nobody's is. Get over it. But if they had sense enough to have you in the house of the Lord and where the man of God preached the word of God and gave you the truth of the Bible, then glory, hallelujah, you ought to be grateful for that. And be thankful for that. That's what, listen, you, you think it was easy for Samuel to all of a sudden be in some house that he didn't know Eli? And he definitely didn't want to know Hophni and Phinehas. You think it was easy for him as a kid by himself? What is he going to do when he has a bad dream? Eli, can I get in the bed with you? And any dad knows this? No. Because you don't sleep the same direction. You go sideways. He ain't got none of that. But yet he stood back and he said, you know, I don't, 
I didn't have all that stuff, but I'm so grateful that my mama prayed for me and God blessed her and gave, her, gave me to her. And she kept her commitment and took me to the tabernacle where I get to serve God. And every year she comes up and brings me a little coat. And I'm so grateful for that. And I don't want to take that for granted. I want to cherish it and rejoice in it. Let, let me help you with something else. You know what else he acknowledges? Not only is he grateful for the investment and cherished his mother. Listen, he also recognized where the source of God's blessings came from. Amen. He begins to record how Eli, even in his stubbornness and passiveness and backsliding, would still look at Elkanah and Hannah and say that God's going to bless you. And he begins to record how they would go back and mom and dad would have would have uh, three sons and two daughters. And, and, and he says this, that the Lord visited them. That the Lord blessed them. Is anybody getting this? What he's saying is this, is that it wasn't because of the man of God in his, in his spiritual condition and where he was at. No, it was the mercy and the goodness and the grace of God on my mom and on my dad. And so I recognize that as God has been good to them, I know that if I will embrace my heritage and be grateful for the sacrifices that they've made for me, that the same God that was good to them, He'll be good to me. I had kids coming up to me at the GIBF meeting and saying, can you sign my Bible? All right, sure, I'll give you my autograph. Yeah, I can't even write my name in cursive. I could, but you can't read it, so I have to do it in manuscript. So they know it. But I always write Psalm 34, 7. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's our family verse. I love that. You know why? Because all we want to do is let people know around us that you ought to try God. He sure is good. But something else that we want, and want, someone else that we want to know, want them to know this is our kids. Amen. That's right. Yeah, the same God that called us and moved us and brought us to Faith Baptist Church in Olathe, Kansas. He's been so very good. Amen. And as we've served the Lord, He's been gracious. And what we want our kids to know is this, is that the same God that's been good to us, He'll be good to you but he's got to be your God. And you've got to serve him. Can I ask you something tonight? I, I think probably every person in here tonight, whether you even realize it or not, you got a spiritual heritage. I Man, I keep thinking about this country tonight, the spiritual heritage we have, and how we've walked away from it, but that doesn't mean you got to. But what I want to ask you tonight is this, what are you doing with it? Are you beginning to turn away from it and walk away from it like Paul Frank? Are you rejecting Christ as your Savior and turning away from that? Are you beginning to mock the things of God? Are you looking at it tonight and going, you know, I'm so grateful. I got to hear the gospel and be saved. I had parents that were in church, grandparents. I'm so thankful tonight. And God's been so very good. What about you tonight? What are you doing with it? Let's all stand.